Welcome to Grow Your Influence Tree with your host, Leonard Kim. This is the show especially for those that want to be among the top influencers of the world. We'll help you build your brand, tell the most compelling story, build your reputation and grow your audience, and attract the top clients and customers. Listen to the experts. Think like they do, and you'll be on your way. Now, here's Leonard Kim. Hey everyone, Leonard Kim here, back for another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree. If you tuned in last week, we had a wonderful guest, Lindy F. Williams, and she just got completely vulnerable and authentic and shared a lot of the deep things that many people don't really talk about. I was inspired from that conversation, and throughout the week, Angie's really been, my wife Angie's really been asking me to talk about my past relationships, saying she wouldn't really be hurt or anything. Of course, that wasn't the case, but anyways, I finally mustered up the courage, and last Thursday, I shared one uh, relationship, then on Friday, I, it took me so long to share the next relationship because I had buried it out of my memory. I had to pull up two Facebook pages, go through that entire timeline, go off and sidetrack stories the entire time. But after four and a half hours, I finally got it out of my system and was able to relive that. The next morning, I sat there and cried for about two hours as I was apologizing to my heart about how much pain I really put it through and how I should have just gave it more love and attention. And I apologize so much for what happened. And then after that, Angie and I started working on rebuilding our relationship and showing each other what we truly got into our relationship for, which was to give each other our entire hearts. And things have been going well from there. Uh, It's also brought a newfound uh, perspective to my life where I felt like the shackles that were kind of holding me down unconsciously at my subconscious mind were kind of released where I felt like, oh, wow, now I can actually do everything that I ever wanted to do, and I I don't really feel chained down and bogged down by it. And it's kind of weird when you really think about it, because sometimes the things that you actually enjoy become the things that you dread. And I think what happened is my passions of like writing and going out there and connecting with others and doing my work kind of became this dreaded thing that I began to hate. But all that kind of got lifted up, and things have just been propelling like crazy, where I even uh, a few days ago spoke with someone I've looked up to for the past four years, And we had a deep personal conversation. And by the end of that call, we uh, she ended up becoming a client, which is absolutely amazing. Anyways, today we have a great guest on the line with us. Her name is Gigi Peterkin. She's been in the healthcare industry for about 20 years doing marketing, has a ton of different experience. Uh, What are a few different hardships that kind of caused her to change career paths and become a business coach? And I don't really want to take the steam away from Gigi. I think it would be better if Gigi introduced herself to everyone. Um, Gigi, why don't you take a moment to really introduce yourself and share what you do and kind of how you got to where you are today. Thanks, Leonard, and thank you so much for um, having me on today. I'm super excited to be here. I love uh, following you on Twitter and just the way that you engage so authentically and, you know, manage to have actual interactions with your, you know, you've got so many followers over there, so I just wanted to take a second to to recognize that and say thank you, and oh, I really look forward you. to this next hour. So, um, so yeah, um, and uh, my name is Gigi Peterkin, as Leonard says. I am an intentional business coach uh, just sitting here about six miles outside of Philadelphia on a chilly, rainy day, and I really do love what I do. It's, it's been a very interesting pivot. As, as Leonard said, I started out, ran the gamut from healthcare publishing to working inside of Big Pharma to working in healthcare PR, and it was all with a very strong marketing and communications drive. 
and I got the chance to do some really great things, some really huge things. I launched the first moderated social media channels for corporate inside AstraZeneca, which was a huge accomplishment back in 2010, especially in such a regulated industry. Uh, I got headhunted up to New York to work for Edelman PR to, um, to run and establish their digital health group, which was, again, another amazing experience. And, and part of what Leonard referred to was my hardship. And I got, to, got the incomplete honor of doing global marketing for a rare disease healthcare nonprofit here in the Philadelphia area and help them grow their brand. And which, with each one of those engagements and all the others in between, I was really blessed to be successful. I'm really good at solving what people deem the impossible problem and at bringing teams of people together and coaching them through creating a process so that we can work together to do that. Um, but even with all that, you know, the, the big bump in the road that I had 10 years ago was going from, you know, being a happily married, or so I thought, um, person with two small children who were three and one to, in the blink of an eye, becoming a single parent of a three and a one-year-old and having to completely support the three of us and, and get everybody through where they needed to go. And, and while that was happening, simultaneously, my career was taking off. So I take this job in New York. I'm commuting from Philadelphia to New York every day. I'm feeling like a total superwoman. I'm going to be able to take care of my kids. I'm going to be able to make tons of dough. I've got this dream job that I've always wanted. And in about eight months, I had completely run myself into the ground with only seeing my kids maybe three days a week, um, really missing out on being there for them and feeling an incredible amount of guilt that even though I was providing for them monetarily, I knew I was missing them and missing that closeness and really having tough choices to make. And I started to just get so completely ill and I got sicker and sicker and sicker and more and more stressed out um, to where my hair actually started to fall out and I'm biting my fingernails to bloody stumps, but I was having some real health problems. And my GP, my doctor looked at me and, and said, I'm going to give you 24 hours and you can either take about six to eight weeks off of work and completely recover or I will hospitalize you. And I will mm. call your job and tell them, that you're taking time off. And that just was such a bomb going off. And I did take, I think I took maybe three to four weeks off, um, which was something that we agreed on. And when I went back, I was really, I was more conflicted than ever. And I was really just going through the motions from this job that I had absolutely adored and people that I continued to love to work with to feeling like a hollowed out shell of just this person getting on the train and going through the motions. And of course the work started to suffer. Everything started to suffer. And before I knew it, 18 months into landing this absolute dream job, I was standing on the sidewalk in lower Manhattan, really quite near the Soho Trump hotel, because that's where we were located um, in the rain with a box of my belongings, having just been fired from this job that I couldn't wait to get. And hmm. I couldn't, I was literally standing on the street looking around, looking for anybody to tell me what the heck had happened and where did it all go wrong. And it wasn't until I stopped and realized that I didn't have to look outside of myself. I knew inside of myself where everything went wrong. And I knew why it toppled and I knew what I had to do. And as crazy as it was, that's when I decided to go home and start my own business. And it was really through taking what I knew and helping people find the marketing and communication solutions for their businesses that I really started to recover and to heal. And then it's been the journey, you know, for the last 
seven years since that happened to now to really owning and realizing that what I do isn't marketing and it's not communications. It's really business coaching. And while we went through sort of a sea change a few years ago where everybody kind of called themselves a coach, um, I've done some training, I've done some learning, and I know that I've got 24, almost 25 years of experience under my belt of success. And I've really decided to just grasp and own the fact that I am a coach and um, started to go through the process of rebranding and and reframing how people know me in the world. Um, I've been blessed to speak on stages internationally. I've been blessed to really teach a lot of people about a lot of different things. And now I'm going to be asking them again, see me in this light because I, I now want to teach you in this framework. And I'm really excited that you can with your um, wisdom and guidance and everything that you know, take a look at what I've done and say, okay, hopefully there's a few things that are good, but there's a bunch of things that you can do to, to really scale. Because my goal is to reach thousands of people in 2019. Yeah. You know, Whether or not I'm coaching them one-on-one as a client, I really just want to serve them with the things that I know about storytelling and about goal setting and really taking your focus and finding that superpower within you to reach and achieve the goals that, you know, maybe just you're feeling stuck in your business and you need to get to that next level. And that's really where I can come in and shine and help you be the hero of your story. Well, one thing, thing, Gigi, that I kind of admire is your longstanding history in healthcare. I, I currently, and today, work over at Keck Medicine of the University of Southern California, which is their academic medical center. And when I first stepped into that role, I realized that a lot of my creative ideas that I had couldn't fly just because of all the red tape there was. So it takes a lot of creativity and a lot of skill to really figure out how to stand out in an industry where there's just so much red tape everywhere and to figure out what could actually make a successful campaign so when you have like over 20 years of experience doing that it just really like shines as bright <coughs> shines brightly on how well you actually do at your career and at the things that you could do for your coaching clients and I think that's an essential component to who you are um, I love how you opened up about your personal story and I can definitely feel the same struggles that you felt like when you kind of became conflicted at that point where uh, you were left with uh, raising your two children and going out there and having your career uh, pretty much skyrocket to the top. For me personally, uh, when my wife left her job, we had an $8,000 a month immediate loss in income for our household. So I panicked. I went out there and I was like, okay, I got to shift my 50-ish hour work weeks and bump that up to about 80 to 90. And I was was pushing towards that for I'd say March and April and that was basically all I was doing but then I was putting in so much time and effort just getting deep into the weeds thinking I was doing something to really improve the business but instead and improve the household income but instead what happened is I didn't get fired I didn't get put onto the street with the rain around me but I had a few clients who didn't renew contracts and when they didn't renew contracts that took another hit on the household income and I'm just they're going, oh wow, what else could happen? And it didn't, mm-hmm. and much like you, how you went out there and you had that personal journey to figure out what you really knew. I, 
it was kind of like what I mentioned earlier when I was going through those past relationships. I found a lot of the trauma that came with my former relationship that really held me down, how she treated me, how she verbally abused me. And I realized I had let that limit me from being who I was. And that's why I had to go out there and forgive myself, much like you did with your new career change, which allowed you to go out there and propel to success. Like after I personally did that, I was like, oh, cool, I'm landing a few clients. Uh, someone I looked up to for year for four years years she's hopping on board and she's a client now this is so awesome and sometimes it just <laughs> takes that letting go and when we talk about like personal branding one of the core elements that really helps you stand out is that storytelling and I think that the most important person that anyone has for their personal brand is their bio because you could be consuming content wherever. It could be Facebook, it could be seeing you in person, it could be uh, Twitter, wherever it is. If something's going to resonate with someone and they're going to be like, wow, that was amazing. The next thing that they're going to do is they're going to look into you and figure out and learn more about you. And I think with how your bio set up, it's really good because a lot of people could look Look at that. Um, your LinkedIn one is summarized pretty well where it's like, wow, not, not many people are really open and vulnerable and really ditching the act with how they entered their career. But Gigi is, and Gigi feels like someone I can trust and get to know further. And when people read your bio, that's usually when they make a decision. It's either work with you, follow you, or go, oh, um, this is someone who I don't vibe with. <laughs> and those are usually <laughs> the three things that happen after someone read a bio, reads a bio. But I think with your story, I think a lot of people could relate to that because when I was talking to Dr. Williams last week on my show, she mentioned something to me. She told me how blessed I was because of how I met a lot of these unfortunate, unfortunate circumstances at such a young age because she says everyone goes through these unfortunate circumstances, but most people do have that occur to them when they have a mortgage, when they have a few kids, and then the downturn is just so much more of a struggle than if it was just them alone. Wow, I, I actually really love, I, I got to hear some of that show, but I didn't get to hear that piece, and I love that she framed it that way for you, because it's hard to find gratitude when we're in so much pain, isn't it? <laughs> it really it is. is. Um, and that's such a key piece, I mean, when you're saying about letting go, it wasn't until I surrendered, and, and Gabby Bernstein, um, who I adore and I, I love her videos online, when she says, you know, when you feel that you've surrendered enough, surrender more, and... I think that we can only really surrender when we can find some gratitude inside of all that pain. I mean, it doesn't mean we need to be happy. We've just been hit over the head with a 10-ton hammer, but we need to find a way to, to make peace with it or we're never going to move forward. Yeah, and the interesting thing is once you make peace with it, like the shackles are kind of lifted and the potential for what you could do kind of becomes endless. Yes, yeah, seriously, seriously true. So... I'm really, um, you know, thank you for, for the feedback on my, on my bio. As a writer, I'm constantly editing and revising and changing, so I'm glad that I'm striking a chord there. Um, mm -hmm. That's good to hear. Thank you. Awesome. Anytime. Um, so we could get a little bit more tactical and figure out what we could really do to help propel your vision of reaching thousands of people. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll just hop off to a little quick commercial break. Uh, people can find you at ggpeterkin.com. Is that correct? That's correct. That's my home. Perfect. And you can always find me at Mr. Leonard Kim, and we'll be back after this commercial break. 
Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Tuesday at noon Pacific time at 3 p.m. Eastern time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers channel now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop take voice america on the go and listen anywhere get our mobile app for iphone blackberry or android at the apple itunes app store blackberry app world or android market we don't follow we lead join us the voice america influencers channel This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey everyone, Leonard Kim here with uh, Gigi Peterkin. We've been discussing a lot about the backstories and how amazing uh, Gigi's bio is. If you get a chance, look up Gigi Peterkin on either LinkedIn or go over to her website at ggpeterkin.com and look at that bio because that's one of the core uh, bios that really help and really go and build empathy with other people, build compassion and connection and allows other people to go and relate to you. Uh, Gigi, I'm sure that on a lot of actual sales calls that you have, you kind of already build a bridge with these people before, uh, right when you start talking to them, right? I, I do. I really um, I really try to connect much more than sell. I, I always hated selling, but I love connecting with people. So you're absolutely right in that instinct. And, and I think what helps make that process a little bit easier is your bio because people are kind of reading that beforehand and really getting to know you. Uh, how, how do you feel about that? I, I actually, um, I like it. I hope they've had a chance to, to read that or interact with me in some way and feel that, you know, look, they're coming to me because they have a challenge and they want to know why, why I'm qualified to solve it. And I think yeah. that we need to make, until we can connect on those points, we need to start somewhere. So if they, you know, if, if I can give them this information and just be really authentic and honest with them and, and as you guys say in your post, pitch the act and just tell them this is me... I've already taken that first step in vulnerability and it invites them and allows them to be more open and honest when they're talking about whatever challenges they're having. So yeah, it's kind of I, interesting. I, I'm happy that you feel that way and I, and I like creating that kind of space for people. 
That's awesome. Uh, people never mind going second or third or fourth. They're just always scared of being first. But then when you're leading by example, it just makes it so much easier. Um, I have a question. How are people currently finding you to become your coaching client? Are they coming off from referrals? Are they f- coming from Facebook, your website? Do you happen to know? Um, I know that a large part of my website referrals right now do come from Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm getting more involved on my LinkedIn work and, and my Twitter work. Um, so it's Facebook referrals from, I guess, content and everything that I'm posting there. I don't do a whole lot of advertising. And then it's it's word of mouth. I When I made this pivot, I, I reached out to my list and let everybody know. And I just try to be, I try to be as many places as I can online where the people who I can help already are and just try to add some value. And so far that's been working, but that, you know, that's pretty time intensive. And um, I would love to, I would love to come up with some ways that helps me, you know, scale, scale more quickly and and see, you know, we all feel better when we're seeing positive results. It keeps us going. And then this is pretty intensive work. So I'd love to see some more, more positive results more quickly because I can't be everywhere all the time. That makes sense. And when it comes to content creation, where do you see yourself spending the most time creating content? What kind of content and things like that? Um, For a while, I was doing really well with the videos. It's not my favorite thing to do. I'm not very camera friendly. But um, Mm -hmm. I sort of do a hybrid where I will um, start with video and then strip the audio off and take the audio. And, you know, this is something that I learned from one of my coaches and mentors is is how to take one piece of content and make it work for you in several ways. Um, So I'm splitting between blogging on my website, uh, live videos on Facebook, and then um, content, I guess, Instagram, and then Twitter would be last. Okay. So would you say it's easier for you to write an article or easier for you to do uh, Facebook Live? They're really 50-50. It's, 50-50? It's, it's not that. Okay. Yeah, it's totally 50-50. And sometimes I will use the content from one to inform the other, too. They don't That's work good. in silos for me. So there's either two ways that you could start this and use one piece of content into the maximum way possible. Um, if you look at most of the content that's created nowadays, they follow kind of that 80-20 rule that you see normally in life. 80% of the things that you click on kind of really suck, but 20% of the things that you (laughs) click on are kind of phenomenal where you're like, wow, that was really good. I want to share this. I learned something. This is something I'm excited about. Um, Would you happen to agree? Yeah, I I think I've, I've definitely been down that rabbit hole. Yeah, and I read some of your content, and it's pretty good, and I listened to some of your audio recordings at the beginning of your blurbs, and they do sound pretty good, too. But when you think about, like, creating content that kind of fits into that 20% category, uh, if you really mm-hmm. go and maximize the process for that, that's kind of how you win for the long term. Like, a lot of people nowadays, what they kind of do is they're like, oh, Facebook Live's out. Let's go hop on that. That's new. That's cool. Oh, Instagram stories are here. Let's go make disappearing content. And then, like, every single person's, like, hopping from, like, one new thing to the next new thing to the next new thing. But there's a few things that have been tried and tested and proven throughout the years that continue to work. 
Um, over at my day job at Keck Medicine, uh, we went from 80,000 page views a month on our website when I first started, and now we're at about 435,000 a month. And sometimes when you just go back and focus onto the basics, like those significant changes really end up happening. And jumping from like 80,000 to 435,000, that's not really an easy feat too. Most people struggle to go from maybe a thousand to about fifteen hundred, and it really shows the value of what content can really do. Now, when we're thinking about creating content, I saw some of the things that you created, and on the article end, um, it was mm-hmm. kind of like a magazine, like a print magazine, where the uh, headliner would be like three words. Now, in the digital world, it's just hard to convey those print things because you don't have the actual magazine in front of you where you're flipping through to have those three words really go and call and say, hey, click me, read more. And I think that's one of the downsides when it comes to uh, digital media and everything is you kind of have to think a little bit more on how to get that person to really be intrigued into clicking your article. I think the article I read was on, was it Mindfulness The uh, on your blog? Mm-hmm. Um, that yep. article, like, what What if we took it and spun that character count up to, like, maybe 80 or 90 and said, um, mindfulness has some surprising results uh, that X, Y, Z, and then just put a little bit more detail and maybe some personal experience tied into that headliner. Um, do you think that might mm-hmm. make it a little bit more intriguing for other people to click on? Yeah, I really like that idea. You're right. I, I do still have that print background of a really brief headline. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just making those small little shifts that really move the needle. And, and it, it just mm-hmm. doesn't sound like it's like rocket science or anything, but these small, tiny shifts just make a world of a difference. Like, um, for mm-hmm. example, one patient story, we put the Keck effect, more X, so it was all completely branded and everything. That story, we tested it out. We put it on, on all three platforms where we have 250,000 followers. We had, like, you know, 40 clicks. We reshaped it to actually describe what was the article and made extended that out to about 80 characters or so. And we put mm-hmm. that back up, then it's get, it gets like 561 clicks. So just wow. that headliner alone could make a huge difference with how much people are seeing your content. Um, that headliner works for video too. You could use something similar or almost identical for the video too. So it doesn't matter if you go down the video route or you go down the writing route, that one headliner can make a significant change for how many people are seeing your content. Okay. Um, the next thing is inside the content, I saw that you were pretty good at telling a story. And I think that um, when it comes to writing, you're probably at the higher echelon of writers that you kind of see online, which is a really good thing. It makes things a little bit easier for you. Um, now, when you're thinking about writing, you kind of have to think about the search engines because your whole goal for creating content is to kind of have this omnipresent approach. Someone searching for something related to what you do, you want them to find you on Google, Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, whatever it may be. You want Mm -hmm. them to be able to type in some keywords and have whatever that you've created appear, whether it comes in the format of a video, an article, or a voiceover. 
because that's how you're going to get people to actually become your client and discover you is by going out there and kind of dominating those keywords. Now, when I say what, what you have to do is make content for the search engines, that doesn't mean you're going out there and stuffing keywords into your content. That doesn't mean you're making something that's not easy for someone to read, but it means that you're making long-form content. Now, on a video, I'd say that's about... Like most people, if you read all the data and say, oh yeah, 15 second videos are important, make your videos a minute, or keep your articles short and keep them around 500 words. But like, let's be real here. When's the last time that you've seen a one minute video and said, wow, I've had so many takeaways from that? They said never, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? But then, but then maybe you like pulled up YouTube and saw maybe a 10-minute talk and were like, wow, that was absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, I, much, more, I think, much more regularly. Yeah, and I think what we do as people is like, let's say we read an amazing book. It's 50,000 words. We try to sum it up into a sentence when we go and tell someone about it. But that one sentence isn't really enough to really go out there and connect with someone and strike a chord. What really ends up being able to strike a chord is when you go out there and extend that content. For example, uh, a one-sentence quote has a low chance of virality. But then when you extend that to about 250 words and turn it into a song, you could potentially hit the uh, Billboard's top chart. Now, when you go out there and you extend that from 250 words and you extend that into maybe like a 3,000-word post that's fully detailed, maybe you could get 100,000 people reading that. Now, when you go and take that 3,000-word post and you turn it into a 50,000-word book, that could become like a New York Times bestseller where people go out there and share it and talk about it because it has all your ideas fleshed out together. Now, you switch that around onto the, cat, onto the video area, 15-second commercial, 20-minute uh, TV show, 40-minute TV show, hour movie, two-hour movie, then three-hour movie. The last time I checked, this three-hour movie about the Avengers like broke records at the box office, and that's a really, really long movie. So when you think about what's really going to connect with people, the longer the content, the better it's going to be. Okay. I love that, actually. So... So it's not, it's not really, I, I like that you said don't worry about cramming the keywords in there because I do tend to, um, <laughs> I do tend to resist doing that. Um, but I'm guessing what you're, I, I'm guessing with the longer form content is if you're writing on topic and actually writing to the tags that you're using, then the keywords are just going to bubble up. Well, they're going to naturally appear because, uh, the, the search engine is just going to know. It's not like it used to be where it needed to recognize the word. It can figure out what you're talking about, and it's all just going to be mm-hmm. done for you, so you don't really have to think about it too much. You don't even need to put the – I mean, it's okay to put the uh, uh, keywords into the headliner, but you don't even really need to do that anymore. Like uh, my friend Michael Simmons, he wrote uh, an article, like the number one predictor for um, – networking success um, backed by research, I don't know, something like that. But then that doesn't really mm-hmm. have any real keywords in it, and that article was read hundreds of t- thousands of times. Got it. Uh, now when it comes okay. to the development of that content within what you're writing, you kind of do the similar thing that you're already doing, opening up with a personal story because that's going to immediately grab the people's attention. But uh, I guess before you get... Before you get to that, there's a deck uh, for the article. I usually like 
put, uh, putting that at the end, but that deck is about like a sentence or two that gets people intrigued to want to read more. You come from a magazine background, so you're probably familiar with that. Uh, but when it comes mm-hmm. to content, um, what I like to do is there's two types of content that sticks out to the top. One is personal stories, and two is thought leadership or educational content or stuff about a specific expertise that many people can't find because people who have 20 years' experience aren't going out there and sharing it. Um, So you could either go down path A or path B, or you could merge path A and B together. Then you kind of hit this ultimate content area where you have something that's not only going to resonate and connect with people, but it's going to go out there and educate them too. Um, Yeah, that's really what I'm shooting for. Yeah, and when it comes to like telling a personal story, I think you have that down. I don't think you really need any pointers from me. But for the uh, thought leadership type content, when you go out there and you're kind of extending to like that 3,000 word period, uh, if you want to introduce an idea, it becomes a little bit easier because you have more space and more wiggle room to talk about something. What I usually like to do is um, I like to go step one is this. Uh, This is why it's important to do this. Then I like to get two pieces of research to really go and back that to make it a little bit stronger. Like um, Harvard says doing this will increase this by this. Uh, Also, this institute who practices this has seen a result of X performed by this. So that way you're making a point and you're backing it with two data uh, references because if you have one, it could be a fluke. If you have two, then it's pretty solid and it probably works. Uh, Then what you like to do is maybe there's a huge example of someone who goes out there and does that. Let's say Mark Cuban does something like that. You say Mark Cuban does it in his routine to give it a little bit more credibility and allow the person to actually picture themselves um, doing it. Then um, what you do next is you talk about how you do that specific thing. So that gives you all the credibility as the expert of how to exactly do it. So you get that thought leadership, you get everything else, and you state how you implement that into your uh, routine, your work, or whatever it is. Then what you do is you flip it back around and you tell the person who's reading the article exactly how they could go out there and implement it themselves if they chose to. So that shows that the, the person reading the article gets a direct benefit. Then you repeat that for however many times you want. <coughs> um, you can follow that format either in writing or in video. Either way it works. Uh, you can choose which platform you want to start with. It doesn't really matter which one you do because you can take it around each way. And then you start working backwards. <coughs> Does that kind of make sense? That totally makes sense. I was I was frantically taking notes. I'm a, I'm a big note taker. Um, so yeah, actually, I, that that layout um, that layout makes a lot of sense, and I've never heard anybody break it down quite that way. So thank you for that. That's that's awesome. No problem. Yeah, and then. Uh, the good thing about tying in a lot of that personal experience is people are really going to be able to get to know you, know, like, and trust you a lot quicker too and see your expertise. And then what usually ends up happening is when people see this type of content, whether it comes in the form of a video, whether it comes in the form of audio or in writing, you're going to be like, wow, this was remarkable. I learned something from it. And the natural inclination of a lot of people who read this type of stuff is to go, who wrote it? Who made this video? Who did this? Then they're going to click on your bio, maybe Google you, look up your website, and ultimately read your bio. 
And when they mm-hmm. read your bio and come back, that's when they make the decision. Should I follow you? Should I um, work with you or something like that? Got it. Um, let's see. Uh, it's about time for a commercial break. After uh, the commercial break, I'll discuss how we could get a lot more eyeballs on your content. So um, you could hit that goal of reaching thousands of people. Uh, if anyone wants to find Gigi, you can find her at ggpeterkin.com. You can find me at Mr. Leonard Kim. And we'll be back after this commercial break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to The Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Do you believe that being fit is difficult? Do you think it requires turning in your favorite comfort foods for boring chicken and broccoli and spending hours in a gym? It doesn't. Tune into Have It All with Devin Alexander. Devin and her guest experts will show you how you can have it all at any age, from relationships to money to thinking bigger than you've ever imagined. Devin will fast-track your goals to yummy reality. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey everyone, Leonard Kim here with Gigi Peter Kim. We've kind of gone over how to go out there and create compelling content and now we're going to go over how to get more eyeballs on it. Now, uh, in the last segment, you kind of mentioned that someone taught you how to go and take a piece of content and put it into uh, different formats, right? Yeah. Tiffany so, Largy, she was really, really good at that. It was a huge help for me. Awesome. So the good thing is when you work on blockbuster content, uh, kind of following this model, what you could do is you could just chop it up into all these different ways, turn it into all these different formats, and use that one piece to go out there and get the maximum revenue out of it or maximum usage out of it as opposed to going out there and making like 20 things that aren't really going to go out there and connect. So when you think about the content creation output, it puts you at um, not having to worry about um, making as much content as other people may advise you to do. Um, what it also allows you to do is like let's say you make that video you could strip the audio out and then you could turn that into a podcast you could also go and get it transcribed and go and touch up the uh, stuff and then you could turn that into an article ultimately what you want is you want your piece of content to be able to be consumed in 
the preference of the person who's looking at your content. And if they have the choice between either A, reading it, B, listening to it, or C, watching it based off their learning style, it just becomes so much more efficient for you to go out there and connect with people. But what we really want to go over now is how to take that content and get it seen by the most people possible. Currently, you said you're using LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, correct? Yeah, they're the biggies. Cool. Um, how much uh, business do you think you've generated off of Instagram? Instagram is just about, I haven't generated anything. I haven't tried to, but yeah, mm -hmm. it's, not, it's currently not a referral for my website um, or any place where people say, hey, I saw you on Instagram and I had to call you. So that would be zero. Well, <laughs> the thing is, I, I really believe it's going to stay that way because the per, uh, person's natural inclination when they go onto Instagram is to go look up memes, things that are funny, go see pictures of people on vacation, go look at travel destinations, go look at maybe um, uh, clothes or any of these other interests. P most people use it as an escape, not as a place to think of work. Mm-hmm. So the easiest oh, so thing... so I'm not that, alone then. That's good to know. Yeah. So, I mean, if you know the purpose of why everyone's going there, it really doesn't really make sense to make content there. I mean, you could put it there just because you're putting it there, but you can't have any expectations mm -hmm. of it turning into anything because it's just not going to. Um, but that brings us to the other side of things. So when you use Facebook, you're kind of limited to the people who follow your page seeing your content. When you use LinkedIn, you get a little bit more leverage because your content might go off to your second or third degree, degree connections. With Twitter, people who only follow you can see what you're putting out. So, And then with your website, the only people who are ever going to be on your website are people who already know you and discover you. So with this mm -hmm. in mind, it makes you wonder, if I'm making this thought leadership content and I'm making things that are so amazing, how are people actually going to see it? And that's by uh, taking the approach and going out there and syndicating your content into different places. And what I mean by syndicating is basically uh, using the copy-paste buttons <laughs> on your uh, computer. <laughs> it's a super simple process. And... Um, there's other platforms that might be better suited for your content. Like, let's say you go this video approach. Uh, you do a Facebook Live. How many people could really mm -hmm. find that video if they do a Google search? Oh, yeah. Well, they're not, it's really going to be pretty limited unless it's public. But even then, are Google and Facebook playing nice yet? I don't know. Um, not really. <laughs> so considering that they're not yeah. playing nice... Uh, the first, one of the most important places for your video to live would probably be uh, YouTube. YouTube. Um, it sounds like a platform that you're not using, and it's one that a lot of people just often overlook, but it's the biggest video repository of all time. It's hooked up with the search engines, and mm -hmm. it just may, and the longer your video is and the more descriptive it is in the, in the headliner, the higher it's going to come up onto the search engines. Yeah, so I started a channel a while ago and I, I fell off, so really good yeah. reminder. Yeah, it happens. So that lets people search for you. Now, if you have that video, I don't know if uh, live platforms are really pushing you out to get more reach anymore, 
Um, why don't you just like maybe it's changing up how you're filming? Like you can film in front of your computer with your phone, but it doesn't really necessarily have to be live. And when you're not live, you、mm -hmm. kind of start off with a better video file. Then you could go and take that video file and you could upload it to YouTube. You could upload it natively to your Facebook. You could upload it natively for about ten minutes to your LinkedIn. You could do two minutes and twenty-two two minutes and twenty seconds, so you could trim your video a little bit and upload it to Twitter and link it back to the full video at YouTube. And then, if you really、mm -hmm. want to use Instagram, you could do a one-minute clip and link it back to your YouTube too. So then you could kind of follow、mm -hmm. and get suit on all the different platforms to have your video there. Um. Audio is a little bit easier because there's a lot of tools like Libsyn and stuff that lets you syndicate、mm -hmm. and use your RSS feed to go and push your content into all these different search engines. So I won't really get into how to do that. But、uh, with your writing,、uh, there's also、uh, pre-existing networks where a lot of people already subscribe and they push out content based off the topics of the content that you're creating. So, like, let's say you were writing something about life advice or business advice, and instead of putting that <clears throat> just on your website, you used maybe a platform like Quora.、Uh, Quora is a question and answer platform, and a lot of people go ask questions like, "What what do you do when you're having trouble in life? What does it feel like to be in space? What does it feel like to X Y Z? What do you do in this situation, that situation?" And you can find almost every single question on there. Then people who are experts, like an astronaut who's been to space, will go and put up pictures of what it's really like to be in space, talk about his personal experience, and things like that. Now, when you kind of look at your thought leadership content,、uh, what it does is it probably answers one resounding question if you really take a step back and look at it. And it might be like, what's、mm -hmm. the best thing that you should look for when you hire a coach, or what's the top things that you need to do when you're interviewing a coach, or what <clears throat> what、um, what ways can a coach help you motivate, or what way can I motivate myself to take my career to the next level? Like these are all the potential questions that your one post should potentially be able to answer.、Uh, you find that content and you find the、uh, question that's best suited to serve. You put it onto that platform,、mm -hmm. then Quora will go out there, even if you have zero followers, and push it out to people who follow that topic.、Mm -hmm. That way, you get eyeballs on okay, it. Okay, that's cool. <clears throat> yeah, and、uh, Medium, you could kind of do the same thing. Medium has really good search engine optimization, so they、uh, push that a lot of that content onto their first page. And at the same time, you have the ability to potentially submit to one of their many publications that they have on there, and you could get a sub audience that you reach. And you could also put that article into LinkedIn as a native LinkedIn article.、Um, the next thing that you could do with that is:、uh, Do you have a small budget to like advertise? I do. Um. With Facebook, how small? And, how small、hmm? is small in your world, though? We might have a different definition. Like, do you have a dollar in mind, or does it really? Doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't put you on the spot. I'm just curious. <laughs> <laughs> it could be five dollars. It doesn't really matter. Okay.、Um, okay. Yeah, like I mean, let's just say it's thirty dollars a month minimum. Um, if you could like、okay. dedicate like thirty dollars a month minimum, you could spend like a dollar a day on Facebook, 
And you could target people who are most likely in your target demographic. Uh, their advertising platform is so robust where you could target people in certain mm-hmm. age ranges, certain demographics, certain parts of the country, certain types of careers, even certain types of companies to really narrow down and refine who you want your content to get in front of. Then you could go and you could push that thought leadership content out in front of them through that advertising platform and get additional clicks and additional eyeballs with your direct um, with the <clears throat> direct type of people who actually want your services or could use your mm-hmm. services. Then what they'll do is they'll read that content, they'll read your bio, they'll see that they could schedule a call, and it all works out like that. Mm-hmm. So it's really about building an ecosystem, it sounds like, and just kind of spreading it out beyond either channels that are owned by somebody else or even my blog, my website because you have to know me to find my website, I guess, is sort of how that works, right? Yeah, it's about taking that omnipresent approach and kind of being everywhere because mm. sometimes people are going to find you and sometimes you're going to have to get discovered. Right. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. That's great. Um, some really good tips and things that I hadn't, you know, even even though I've, I've kind of come across dipping in and out of these things because I'm old. I've been around longer than these channels have. Um, but it's really nice to hear you lay it out in a continuum to, to how to create an ecosystem. That's been really helpful. Yeah, it's been pretty interesting how all that happens. And a lot of these platforms have been around for a while. And I think sometimes what we do is we just get caught into the weeds and we forget exactly what proper steps that we need to take to go from one to two to three to four to mm-hmm. five. And all it really is is organizing out the data in the right way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Very cool. So on a scale like 1 to 10, how helpful do you think this uh, was today? Oh, this is definitely a 10. You hit it out of the park. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, really hugely helpful. Well, there's other things that we could cover, but then I think it's too much for now. I think if you just focus on those two things, like one, making the blockbuster content, and two, syndicating it out the right way, you should start to see some resounding success and eyeballs and people paying attention to what mm-hmm. you're doing and start to drive more business. Um, one thing that I want to do is I have a personal branding course called Grow Your Influence Tree. It's valued at like $2,600. After, uh, after this interview, what I'll do is I'll send that over to you for free. So if you have any questions, anything that I might not have covered, you'll have a resource and a guide there so you can really go and make sure that you're doing everything that you need to do. And how's that sound? That is so generous, Leonard. Thank you so much. I will I will definitely value that. Thank you. That's awesome. fantastic. Awesome. I'm glad that you would. Um, all that I that really ask for <laughs> all that I really ask for in return is in October ish, uh, my book Ditch the Act Revealed the Surprising Power of the Real You for Greater Success comes out. If there's anything that you might be able to do to help support, like maybe uh, get a few copies, uh, tell your friends about it, or maybe do something else, that's all I really ask. Is that something that's reasonable? I think it's very reasonable. I'm I'm I like reading good books anyway, so that's easy. Cool. That's a win win. Awesome. Well, I wanted Definitely. to thank you. 
<laughs> I wanted to thank you so much for being on this show today, Gigi. I mean, it was really a pleasure to go and walk through all the different things that you could really do to help and build up your uh, business and coaching. Was there any uh, last words that you wanted to leave everyone with? Um, definitely, you know, the thanks. I, I appreciate all the plugs. Um, last words. I, I just want to say thank you and, um, you know, ggpeterkin.com is where I live. Uh, find me on Twitter. Find me anywhere. I love having conversations with folks. And I look forward to um, sharing some more personal thought leadership with people and, um, and to really taking up to the next level. So I'll find you on Twitter and, and let you know. I'm going to set some goals and see how it goes. So thanks so much, Leonard. Anytime, and I do want you to uh, keep in touch with your progress. So if you do make a new article or when you do make a new article or a new video, uh, just shoot it by me so I can give you my thoughts and see what it's all about and probably even share it so you get some extra eyeballs on it. Well, I will definitely take you up on that for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, sounds like a plan. Well, um, everyone who tuned in, Everyone who tuned in today, thank you. Thank you again for joining us for another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree. If you're looking for a business coach, we have Gigi Peterkin on the line. You can find her at G-I-G-I-P-E-T-E-R-K-I-N. You can always find me at Mr. Leonard Kim or at LeonardKim.com. Uh, if you're in the market to really learning how you can go out there and reshape your life to uh, generate more success, uh, feel free to pre-order the book now, Ditch the Act, Reveal the Surprise power as value for greater success you can find that on amazon or barnes and noble and in october bookstores all across the country and we'll be tuning in to another episode of grow your influence tree next week thank you thank you for making us part of your week listen for grow your influence tree with leonard kim every thursday at 4 p.m eastern time and 1 p.m pacific time on the voice america influencers channel stand out Stand apart and become a top influencer. We'll see you here next week.